This is WCNY's The Capitol Press Room, and we're turning our attention to state regulations governing advertising on radio and television, specifically advertising for food, cannabis, and sports gambling. And our guest is David Donovan, president of the New York State Broadcasters Association. Welcome to the show, David. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. So, for starters, can you tell us a little bit about your association, like how long the organization's been around for, generally speaking, and, and who your members can be? The New York State Broadcasters Association represents just about all the radio and television stations in the state of New York. You have about 50 television stations and about 390 commercial radio stations. Um, New York Broadcasters Association has been around since 1955, and we represent broadcasters who are licensed in the state of New York before New York State government in Albany and also in Washington, D.C., in addition, we provide a number of services to our membership to help improve their professional development, whether it's journalism classes, classes to help train um, uh, local ad sales for, for, tele- for radio and television stations. We also manage and, and work closely with FEMA um, and others uh, for the emergency alert uh, system in New York State. Through the years, we've worked closely with all the police departments, with the state police, with the Department of Homeland Security and others. Our fundamental goal is to help broadcasters serve the public interest. They are under an obligation uh, through their FCC license to serve the communities in which they are licensed. And our goal is to help them achieve that objective. Well, let's turn to the issue at hand, which is advertising regulations. And according to your organization's lobbying disclosures, you're engaged with state officials on a couple different fronts, including food advertising. So when it comes to food advertising, are you focusing on existing regulations that are being implemented at the executive level and the executive agencies? Or are you more focused on pending bills dealing with food advertising that might change the landscape in one way, shape, or form? It's really both. Local broadcasters that provide your local news and services to their communities depend on advertising revenue to survive. As we found during COVID, when advertising dropped maybe 40% or more, it is hard to continue to conduct news if your advertising revenue drops significantly. So what we're trying to do is in engaging on advertising issues in general is to make sure that there are no unnecessary barriers that would prevent our clients, which are the businesses which provide advertising, from essentially being driven away from the advertising or local broadcasters as a vehicle for that advertising. We will look at both regular, you know, administrative regulations, regulations coming out of the Federal Trade Commission, out of the FDA, because broadcasters will not broadcast an ad that contravenes federal or state law. We just won't. So we look at that very, very carefully. But in the context of this past legislative session, there was a bill that was introduced. It was S-213B and A-4424B, which essentially tried to regulate food process advertising in New York State. And it fell under the rubric of we don't want to have a false and deceptive ad dealing with food. And we support the goal. It's not a question of that. We would never, you know, run an ad that was false or deceptive. But the way this bill was drafted, it was incredibly overbroad. 
And as a result, would take most businesses in New York that may be selling or doing advertising for food and essentially create a litigation risk in which they wouldn't even advertise. We filed a concern, and also documents were filed by the Association of uh, National Advertisers and also the advertising agencies in, in New York City, so essentially the advertising business. Now, I can go into details on it, but essentially what the bill did is that normally if you're trying to create a standard as to whether or not something is false or deceptive, you have an objective standard upon which that can be judged. And this bill was so broad that it, it simply was almost impossible to avoid any liability for running any ad dealing with food in New York State. For example, it said it was fundamentally directed at children, but the definition of children included in the bill was anyone 18 years old or younger. It also had standards which said it would be false and deceptive based on a number of factors, their age, physical infirmity, ignorance, illiteracy, inability to understand language. If I saw an ad in Spanish, and I speak English, and as a result of seeing that ad, I went out and bought something, and it's what I agreed, I would be able to sue the person providing that product because I didn't truly understand the advertisement. Moreover, liability applied not only if the ad led to or caused harm, but the standard in the bill was likely to cause harm. So our goal here really is to raise these issues on this legislation to try to narrow the focus. So as described in the bill memo, the purpose of this legislation, as you referred to, is to protect kids from junk food companies, targeting them with false right. or misleading advertising. Do you think there is a capacity within broadcasters currently to take on a more rigorous standard than, say, what federal officials would require when it comes to this area currently? Could they well, do a better job, for example, of policing what errors during cartoons aimed at kids or other right. programming aimed at kids? Could they right. be more proactive well, on their own? Right. Well, well certainly, uh, certainly we have been. Um, and in fact, we on the television side in particular, we've been looking with children's television rules for years, which limit the number of advertisements that air during children. You cannot have um, advertisements that are essentially the same as the program. Uh, you have to have bumpers in between the children, between the advertising and, and the, the program itself. So we're used to living with those. But what you can't live with is a liability on an advertiser that is so broad that it simply chills them from running ads altogether. And so we're willing to work with people on this. But again, you have to get, if you're going to do that to avoid a chilling effect, um, and essentially banning all ads, you really have to get specific. And unfortunately, this legislation went far beyond just protecting children. While it was styled as that, the language of the bill itself would attach liability across all advertising. So food advertising is a decades-old practice in sure. both radio and television, but a new potential source of revenue for both radio and television is the cannabis industry. And it's my understanding that, that right now state law is very restrictive when it comes to advertising marijuana products in particular, as opposed to, say, something with, with hemp. What are the opportunities out there right now for cannabis-related 
companies to advertise? And what do you think the framework should look like moving forward? This is layered as well as an issue because broadcasters operate under a federal license. So there are federal issues here as well. But what's interesting about this, of course, is New York has legalized adult use cannabis. It has adopted a very significant regulatory regime. But one of the goals here is for your cannabis distributors that are licensed by the state to succeed. And in fact, these are new small business entities. A preference is given to those who are justice involved. So it's important for them to succeed in particular because you want them to succeed over the literally thousands of illegal cannabis distributors that are out there, which has been a problem for New York. Now, one way in which you can succeed is to tell folks in your community that I have a legitimate legal cannabis business. Unfortunately, the New York Office of Cannabis Management, in crafting its ads, has effectively precluded legal cannabis businesses in this state from using broadcasting and other platforms to advertise the illegal product. In order to run an ad, you have to prove through data that 90% of your audience is 21 years of age or over. That is incredibly restrictive. Most states that have approved adult-use cannabis have adopted a standard of between 70 and 75% of your audience has to be 21 years of age or older. And that includes California, Colorado, Oregon, Nevada, and Michigan. In fact, several states that have approved adult-use cannabis, Alaska, Arizona, Illinois, and Washington, have not even adopted any form of audience test standard. Now, the 70 to 75% standard is the standard that broadcasters have used for years as it applied to alcohol. The actual number is 71.6% of the audience has to be over 21 before we can run an ad. You won't see these kinds of, you won't see alcohol ads during children's programs. You won't see alcohol ads during college football games. We have lived with that standard, and it has worked very, very well to strike a proper balance between protecting kids, yet allowing a legal product to be advertised. In addition, a 90% standard actually prevents adults from ever seeing the ad. In fact, we presented numbers from Nielsen to the New York Office of Cannabis Management indicating that over in the, if this rule had been in effect in 2022, over 200 million adults would not have been able to see a legal cannabis ad. The problem gets exacerbated in radio because what you're really saying is most formats, whether it's adult contemporary, country, even classic rock, urban adult contemporary, you can generally not run an ad during those types of, of radio music formats. You may be able to do it at classical music at you know 2 o'clock in the morning or very early, but if you're a cannabis distributor and a cannabis businessman, that's not going to help you. We strongly support putting warning labels on whether it's alcohol or cannabis ads or what have you. But the warning labels required by the New York Office of Cannabis Management would exceed the amount of time on the ad. So, for example, the way the rules were laid out, you have to run a basic warning label, then on top of that, a rotating warning label, then on top of that, the hope line. 
And our initial calculations is that that would take 71 seconds to read. That exceeds a 60-minute ad, but it clearly exceeds the most popular, which is a 30-second ad. So what we believe is appropriate in order, again, to help nascent cannabis businesses succeed is to say, yes, have a warning label. But the warning label really should reflect the percentage of time that the ad would have. Over the years, we have found that short, concise advertisements are the most successful and indeed even referencing a website that contains all the health issues or other issues that may go along with with, with cannabis. Cannabis regulations require that the advertiser, and these regulations are on the advertiser, they're not on the station, they're on the advertiser, the new licensed business, has to provide proof of the data of, of the audience composition of where the ad's being placed. Now, in most small markets across New York, that data really isn't available on a day-to-day basis. It may be available in the big markets for television, but certainly not for small markets for radio. And indeed, your newspapers can't even tell you what are the age of people who look at page three or page four. So we think there has to be a commercial reasonableness that attaches to the data requirement. So it's not that we're against regulation altogether. It's just we think that there has been an overreach. We believe that the standards that, we, that have been used for years as applied to alcohol advertising should be applied here. Well, do you have a sense of what the cannabis advertising, if it was allowed to move forward as you're talking about here, could mean for radio and television stations around New York? Is this potentially a sizable amount of ad revenue? I I think it is. I I, I think you're talking in the millions or tens of millions of dollars. And it would be very, very important in particular for local radio stations. And in many counties, particularly in upstate New York, it's the local radio station that is the key provider of news and information to that market. And they are just simply precluded from being able to uh, be used as an advertising platform. And in order to change the landscape, are you looking to push through legislation that would supersede regulations from yeah. the state cannabis management office? Or are you hoping to you know, work the refs, so to speak, at the Office of Cannabis Management to get them to change regulations? Well, I, I was hoping to work this through the Office of Cannabis Management because the underlying statute gives the New York Office of Cannabis Management, flexibility to be reasonable in this area. Uh, Unfortunately, despite significant filings on our part, as well as support by the Cannabis Association of New York, the Diversity, Equity, Inclusion Committee of the National Cannabis Industry Association, Minorities for Medical Marijuana, the Justice Foundation, the Unified Legacy Operators Council, and the Social Equity Empowerment Network, All those folks have filed with the New York Office of Cannabis Management to support our position, but it doesn't appear that we have made much headway there. So as a result, I think we'll be looking for a legislative solution, again, to provide a balanced and more reasonable approach. Well, finally, another area of advertising that's become, I imagine, lucrative in recent years is uh, online sports gambling in particular, I think anyone who's watched a sporting event in the last couple of years in New York has been inundated uh, with advertising in this area. And we've heard from uh, some state lawmakers uh, about the need to increase 
some of the uh, consumer safety measures when it comes to the tone and tenor of these advertisements uh, so that people aren't essentially being uh, duped. What do you think about the legislative and regulatory framework for sports gambling advertising right now, in particular as it pertains to New York? I think we. I think the issue is we have to really look at this, and it requires a careful balance. You know, if you look at some general numbers, I've seen in 2022, I believe the state collected 693 million dollars in revenue from sports gambling, and I think as of today, it may be over a billion dollars. So there's a lot of money going into New York State, which in turn is being used to fund key programs across the state. So you want to make sure that when you regulate. You want to protect those, particularly children, and you want to protect those with gambling addiction problems, while at the same time not stifling advertising in general. And so ads that are directed at kids, we're certainly willing to work with the state legislature and with the Gaming Commission to adopt reasonable regulations in this regard. But I want again, what I would hope to avoid is sort of the overreach that we saw in the Cannabis Board. So if you want to have a requirement that says, for example, 70% of the audience with the ad appears has to be 21 years of over using you know, reasonable commercial data, we, we understand that, and we're, willing, and, we, and we're willing, more than willing to work with uh, New York State and with uh, the Gaming Commission on that. The same thing will apply to warning labels. Again, we would support labels. We want, just want to make sure that the labeling requirement doesn't effectively preclude the advertising. So I think that's an open question. I think the one thing that we would want to avoid, however, is, and there is federal legislation that's been put out there that would totally ban all sports gaming advertising. And I think that's a bridge too far. I don't think you'd want to do that. It would not only hurt broadcasters, but more importantly, it really would hurt tax revenue. Excuse me. So are you happy then with the status quo as it pertains to sports gambling Well, the status quo is in flux. You have proposed regulations that are put forth by the Gaming Commission. You have a number of legislative uh, bills that have dropped in the New York, uh, both in the Senate and in the Assembly. And you also have federal regulation, uh, federal legislation that has been dropped in. So at some point, there has to be sort of a, there has to be a meeting of the minds as to how we can go forward protecting the public while at the same time making sure that you don't choke off sports gaming advertising. Well, we've been speaking with David Donovan. He is the president of the New York State Broadcasters Association. David, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Happy to do it. Thank you so much. Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information. Join us again for Capitol Press Room, a production of WCNY Connected, Syracuse.